The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to the memory of John Huber, better known in the wrestling community as Brody Lee and Luke Harper. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. And I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Oh, you know, it's... 2021, so COVID's over, right? That's what we were told, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, I guess first and foremost, we should probably say hello and horns up to uh, everyone out there in Radio Land, giving, well, for the lack of a better expression, given this episode a spin. Thank you so much. It's really appreciated. And to everyone that's ever tuned in, like... I don't even think we've been at this a full year now, but we want to say thanks to everyone. If you've tuned in right from the get-go because you've been following us in the Shining Wizards Network, or maybe, you know, you're kind of tuning in for the first time, hello, horns up, and uh, thank you. Thank you for everything in 2020. It's been kind of a shit year, but for me personally, guys, us sitting down and starting to do this together... Mm-hmm. has been one of the highlights i gotta say yeah i think the we actually recorded the very what would be the very first episode the day of the royal rumble last year if i remember uh, okay <laughs> so we're we are pushing a year speaking of the rumble as of today as we're recording this it's in 28 days okay well uh, the first episode didn't go up until like a couple months afterwards i don't think yeah Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We we have we have not done fifty two episodes yet. No. Oh, no. No. Like episode no. nineteen and all that. Yeah. The idea was because you guys have your own stuff in the entertainment going on. I got my own stuff going on and all that. So we knew we weren't going to be able to sit down and do this every week like i'm sure we would like to but you know we're doing our best we're doing our best you know we're getting gonna, better at it you know <laughs> we're getting better at it yeah 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 and, and when the good park way, opens again we might be a little screwed but <laughs> yeah yeah once the well once the concert tours and all that start has start happening it's like yeah okay we're gonna have to schedule our time better because what's the one day a week there's not a concert that yeah. that's it that's, that's yeah, exactly that's it and of course the reason we say this is if you're tuning in for the first time the idea of wrestling night in canada is we are three you know heavy music fans from the same scene in the same city that we are quite active in as well that's kind of how we all kind of met kind of all got together and then found out after the fact that Hey, we're all wrestling fans. Yeah. Let's do this as well. So it's like, like I said, guys, it's been uh, in this department. It's been a fun year for sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been a good, uh, good pastime to spew our opinions and record them and put them up on the internet. It's, it's been great. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 
It's just, it's just been, uh, it's been a real suck, sucked out year. Not just, not just in terms of worrying about our health and contracting a deadly virus or or anything. It's just like, it's how it fucks with the superficial stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, there's now really the the indie shows have been cut down, and there's no live shows during the pay per views, and like it's just. It just it has really messed with everything, and what kind of makes the the only real negative thing about doing a program like this is it's kind of our responsibility to kind of report on you know when tragic when when tragedy hits when something happens when we lose you know an important part of our fandom what what we mm-hmm. love doing and what we love sitting down and discussing and i have a feeling that one brody lee okay was a really big part of that for everyone absolutely yeah yeah so this is kind of going to be your guys's segment because you knew john huber not personally but you knew him and what he does and all that you guys were better connected with him than I was, so I'm gonna kind of let take let you guys take the reins and all that, and kind of give your thoughts and ideas and opinions on um, on Mr. Lee. Okay. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, on uh, on December December 26th of 2020, we got the unfortunate news that that Brody Lee had passed away of a, a non COVID related lung issue, uh, but he was he was off TV for several months and like. Obviously, they had kept it quiet. Nobody really knew what was going on because the the family had requested to keep it kind of hush hush. But I was just kind of like, my my assumption was that like the character of Mister Brody Lee had taken a a hit ego wise to to his loss to uh, Cody and was just remaining off TV. And then eventually, just one day, he would come back and absolutely destroy him. But unfortunately, that's yeah, obviously it's not going to happen, and we've lost uh, not only a great talent and a great uh, great character, but also a very good human being in the world of pro wrestling. I get that feeling. I get that feeling because, like, when when a like when a douchebag, okay, when some d bag passes away and no one really cares, you know, like, okay. Uh, let's we'll 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 do a dedication, but the guy was kind of an asshat, you know, and yeah, yeah, you know when when they do that, like you can tell, like when someone is just doing something because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, we're gonna miss him. He was a really good guy, you know. You can tell that. Okay, this guy's phoning this sentiment in, you know. But when someone is giving a heartfelt you know, expression of what that person meant, you can really tell that as well. They had yeah. that awesome dedication show for for Mr. Lee, and you could tell there was that exact sincere expression. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the outpouring of uh, love and support from everybody in the wrestling community, from be it like AEW, uh, WWE, and uh, impact wrestling and everyone in the indies like anyone who had met john huber seemed to have the exact same opinion on him that he was not he was a very like 
kind man and he would go out of his way to make sure you were like like comfortable backstage and like he took care of his opponents in the ring and he's a he was a jokester had a sense of humor <laughs> and, and yeah just like it seems like everyone he met he uh he touched in a very positive way and that's i haven't seen an outpouring like this since the passing of eddie guerrero 15 years ago mm-hmm. and uh even be- and before that owen hart like this, right uh, yeah very similar to that unfortunately like, right right um i have to admit I really didn't even like this. He was in the WWF. He showed up. Luke Harper. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As the Bludgeon Brothers or something like that, and then he joined the Wyatt family and all that. Uh, the Wyatt family was first. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was uh, he, him, and uh, Rowan were were uh, uh, Bray Wyatt's right hand men in NXT, and then they showed up on the main roster. And uh, after the Wyatt family kind of dissolved uh, after a while, uh, Harper and Rowan came back, repackaged as the the Bludgeon Brothers. Ah, okay. Pre NXT, I imagine he was busy on the Indies. Ducky, this is probably your territory. Yeah, he did a few shows for IWA Mid South in 2008. He wrestled for CZW. For a while, where he actually challenged Moxley for the CZW world title there. Oh, wow. In a great match. I don't remember how long he was there for. He was also in Chikara for the longest time as well. And that's all I can remember at the moment. Wow. wow. So he had quite the pedigree going into NXT. Um, No. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, he was one of those guys that Vince McMahon didn't really take to, even though he clearly had what it took to make it. He, he was yeah. like, Vince, Vince McMahon didn't let him do promos because he couldn't pull off a southern accent. So that's <laughs> that's the reason why Luke Harper never got pushed as a single star in WWE. And that's kind of sad. Like right. after seeing when he when he and when he debuted in uh in AEW as the exalted one, Mr. Brody Lee, you, he really like let him like his character work kind of came out in full force, like how how well he could work on the mic and how how Im- intimidating of a, of a character he could actually be. Right, right. I'm sure someone in the WWF, WWE were kind of like, oh, see, why didn't we do something? Why didn't like, we just we handed this great character and this great performer? We just silver platter. Like, what did we do to? Do, did we do to try to keep him? No, I'm sure that yeah. happens a lot in WWE, and but Vince McMahon, you'll never convince him that he's wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I remember one of the first things, like when they called him Brody Lee. Yeah. Okay, and he had the big beard and the dark hair and all that. And it's like, okay, he, if he lets his hair down, literally, okay, he's he's going to be looking like one bruiser Brody motherfucker. You know what I mean? You yeah. That's kind of where they got the, the idea for the name Brody kind of as an homage I, to bruiser Brody. I heard that he chose Brody Lee because he was a big fan of uh, Jason Lee and like the actor and his character was named Brody and Mallrats. Oh, so. ah, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. That's it. Oh, mother. Yeah. I just saw 
We just watched uh, Mall Rats on on Netflix a couple weeks ago. It's an old favorite of ours right. here in here in Snowy Manor. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Oh, oh. Heard. whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. But that would that would be cool. That would be pretty cool if it was. Uh huh. Let's go with that. That's now yeah. in my pro wrestling head cannon right now. Okay. That's <laughs> we're gonna go with that. Let's go with that. And I have to admit, I was really impressed with the AEW tribute show that just happened. I think it was the yeah. last episode as yes. we speak. What did you guys think? I thought it was amazing. Like the. I I always like 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 it when they take like a like when somebody who well it's it's always unfortunate when somebody passes away but for a company to take like one episode of their show out and be like and dedicate it to that one person just to be like okay yeah we know this is all like scripted but we're just going to take this one day out just to dedicate mm-hmm. everything to this one man who meant so much to so many people Right, right. This is the one time we're exposing the business is is okay in Snowy's book because mm-hmm. you know how, like, how else are you going to do it? Yeah, the character of Mister Brody Lee was like a super heel. Like he mm-hmm. he was he was the, he was the bad guy, but like that was that was old by character only. He was the bad guy, right? But yeah, like uh, seeing all these these tri- or these uh, matches that are one one matches his son actually put together, which I thought was pretty cool. Right. <laughs> like his, right. His yeah. And then all the all the members of the Dark Order, they they uh I don't think I've seen so many Dark Order entrances in one episode of Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were all baby faces. Yeah, that too. Uh, it was it was all the little nuances too, like how John Silver and uh Alex Reynolds like whipped out the papers and threw them <laughs> at the opponents. That that was a Mr. Brody Lee trope, I think. Well, a lot of the tropes about Mr. Brody Lee were like supposed to be parroting Vince McMahon, and like, yeah, so Vince McMahon would like throw scripts at people and all that. But that was, that became a thing on being the elite, where Mr. Brody would come come into the back where the Dark Order was hanging out, and they'd call them all little bitches and throw papers at them <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Silver, fuck, and just beat yeah. the paper. He's like, cry, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think one of my favorite moments of that actually was when, uh, you you know Trent uh, Trent's mom Sue, the, yeah. the, the the minivan. Yeah, right. She was on she was on an episode of Being the Elite where she came back. She came back into the Dark Order's room and gave them some food, and then like Brody was still yelling at them, and she comes back and goes, "What's going on here?" And Brody goes, "Sue, this motherfucker doesn't like your food." And then he hands her the papers. She tries to throw them at him, but she kind of like loses grip on them and they fall. And like Brody Lee, like almost cracks. Like he's trying so hard not to laugh, trying to stay in character. And then he just goes up to John Silver and goes, you fall the fuck down for Sue right now. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of, kind of gives shows the, um, the range, I don't know if I don't want to say acting ability, you know, but it just goes to show what he can do. This really nice guy and yet can play such a scumbag, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, true. It's something else. There was like so many other things that wrestlers were doing, like uh, across even Raw and uh, Dynamite. They were like quoting Brody Lee, like 
saying like, oh, you know, it's Monday. You, you know what that means? Because <laughs> that was a that was a thing that he liked to do on Twitter. He was just every day of the week he would write it. Like it's Wednesday, you know what that means. It's Friday, you know what that means. Like he would just write that, and that's all he would write. No follow up. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. I mean, on on Saturday at work. You know, on Saturday at work, I actually wrote on the whiteboard. It's Saturday. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone get it? Nope. Yeah, oh, like, okay. right. I, I wrote that on the board on Friday. Uh, one of my managers came up to me and said, "Like, hey, what's going on?" I was like, "Well, it's Friday. You know what that means." He just kind of stops and goes. I suppose so. And then he just keeps walking. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wrote it on the board in purple for the Dark Order on, oh. on Saturday. And I, I just kind of left it there. If people ask me what it meant, I went, well, if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you guys think of uh, the retiring of the TNA title? Oh, they didn't actually retire the title. They just retired that belt. Oh, That's all I thought they were oh, they, giving... they retired the $100 uh, replica, finally? <laughs> no, no, no. They, they they retired that belt design, like the red the red strap with the... Yeah, what, like how it looks now. So they're just they're going to make a new belt for the TNT title. The actual title... Oh, I still... heard... I heard TNA title. Fuck. Oh, TNA. That's, <laughs> that's what I accidentally said. Oh, sorry. Right yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. yeah, no, yeah, okay. Brody Lee Jr. was gifted the TNT title for and called TNT champion for life, but yeah, they he, like they're just retiring that design and they're going to make a new belt for the TNT title. Okay, because I was under the impression, like when he said for life, yeah, I was like thinking, okay, so. They're retiring the TNT title, and maybe okay, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part because I never liked it called that. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so I'm kind of so I guess hope against hope. I was kind of like, okay, so they're gonna have you know another mini tournament or something to declare the AEW TV champion, like like yeah. it should it should be called. Yeah, well, we still gotta please the network, I suppose, but. Well, right. maybe, maybe we'll get a better belt design out of this. Who knows? But uh, there we that, go. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's that, the that same belt. thing. It's just a white strap. Fine, yeah. black <laughs> strap. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that was the one that Mister Brody Lee had won from Cody in what was it like six minutes? And Cody never yeah, him, basically oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was that was the one that Brody had 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 won. So they gifted it to his son and. I thought that was kind of cool. It was. It was. I I liked how, like, for any other show, okay, that kid at ringside and he's schmucking wrestlers with the with the kendo stick and all that. You you, you know, that would have just bugged the snot out of me, you know. Mm -hmm. But since this was a special episode, and obviously it's his, it's his shoot kid, and all that, so it just. It it was the one time once again that I would enjoy seeing something like that. I think it would be pretty cool. Like uh, Brody Lee Jr. is actually he's now a contracted uh, AEW uh, wrestler, and he's he's eight years old. So I think well, like maybe we'll say in twelve years when he's allowed to actually debut or whatever. Like fingers crossed that AEW is still around. Then I'm sure they will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when he's of age and he debut, he makes his debut. If he actually came out with the the original TNA championships, and like <laughs> that challenge, would be cool. Challenged the uh, challenges the uh, the 
future TNT champion to a unification match or an un- to determine the undisputed TNT champion. Hey, that's a great idea. Yeah. So they'll have like say that title's vacated at the time and they have a tournament for it and it comes down to Brody's kid and Cody's kid. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well Cody's kid's not even born yet, so <laughs> Oh yeah. That's, oh, that's right. I guess that's for discussion for another for another for another day, but yeah. Cody's wife is pregnant. Mm-hmm. So if uh, I w- the only thing about that I'll say is if Becky Lynch can leave and go away, okay, please, please let Brandy go, go <laughs> and go and be a good mother, go and be happy, smile the rest of your life, beaming in motherhood, <laughs> because you're away from the fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm. Done. Maybe Cody and Brandy can call their kid Brody because that's a combination of their names. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that I could go for. That I could spell, go for. spell it with a Y instead of an IE. We're putting too much out there in the wrestling universe <laughs> for people to be. Uh, all all of these that we're saying now are going to come out in the wash someday. No, knowing Cody Rhodes, I would not put it past him to do something like that. <laughs> and and that, that would be cool. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, did yeah, you guys yeah. have anything else that you kind of wanted to to mention? MJF uh, getting his ass whooped by his yeah, was great. By Blake, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I still love how in character MJF still tweeted after "fuck that kid." Yeah, yeah, fuck that kid. <laughs> <laughs> there were some fans that were getting mad at it. It's just like. It's his character. Shut up. Yeah. Like Brody, Brody would have been cool with it. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. One, like some of my other favorite stories I heard about, uh, about Brody was, uh, well, was the one that Chris Jericho told about when they were in uh, Saudi Arabia. And he was talking about that, that arrow that was on the ceiling. And Brody told him, he was like, Oh no, that's the, or he thought it was a bug or something on the ceiling. Yeah. And was, that's the arrow that points to Mecca. And he's like, so how do you know that? And then Brody goes, "What do you mean? Everybody knows that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Right? Like, yeah." And uh, another one, I think Chris Jericho told too, where, or no, it was uh, Cody actually told this one, where uh, one of uh, Brody's like famous things backstage is if, if he would be talking to somebody and then they would go to catering, which is always free, by the way. You just have in the middle of a conversation, we go, "Hey, let me buy you lunch." <laughs> they would go to catering. <laughs> <laughs> right on right on that's yeah, so he sounds that's, like an amazing human being and like it's just so sad that yet again like such an amazing person has left this world way too soon but mm-hmm. on the other hand it's it's good to know that there are people out there like that still in this day oh that, yeah the way that sometimes backstage politics and egos and just uh, douche general douchebaggery and all that Mm-hmm. It's so nice to know that there is, you know, there is the Brody Lees, there was, you know, the the Owen Hearts, the genuinely good people, and all that. Yeah. And it's and equally happy. tragic. Yeah, and I'm happy that we at least for a little bit got to experience Brody Lee at like playing a character that he was comfortable playing that on a big stage in front of a big audience. Hmm. Hmm. But have stayed in WWE, he would have been just relegated to the tag team division where he would have done nothing. And what tag team division? 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He would, or you ordered that, or he would have just sat at home getting paid to do nothing, which he, which on paper sounds great, but he wanted to wrestle, so he he got out of his contract and he signed with AEW and had one one of the best runs of his career, and it was the, just happened to be the last one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, while we were having this little chat, I went and I poured myself a lemmy. Mm-hmm. To the uninitiated, what a lemmy is, it's uh, basically a Jack and Coke, which was the uh, drink of choice for um, one lemmy from Motorhead, thus the lemmy. So um, if you guys have one of your favorites handy, if you have a beer or one of your drinks handy, I would like to, um, at this moment, I would like to give a little toast, a little cheer to Mr. Brody. Yeah. To Mr. Brody Lee. Here's to you, sir. Salute. It's Sunday. You know what that means. Okay. <sighs> I think this is probably the quickest um, first segment or First and second segment, I guess, for the lack of a better term. We're kind of once again going by the seat of our pants. But I think this is the quickest that we've ever gotten to our turnbuckle talk. Yeah, 20, 26 minutes. That's a new record. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Shit, it's usually like two hours. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But really, it makes a lot of sense because the only important shit going on right now in the pro wrestling world is Mr. Brody Lee, mm-hmm. and everyone is kind of recapping the rather crappy year that was. Or right. or maybe it wasn't such a crappy year. You know, it's all up to everyone's individual opinions, assessments. Did they enjoy? Did they not? What did they do? What didn't they do? So everyone kind of likes to sit back at the start of the new year and kind of reflect what did I enjoy? Did I enjoy this? What was good? What wasn't? And I thought it would be kind of apropos if this episode that we kind of sat down and we did maybe our own idea of the Slammies. We got to come up with kind of a cool name for our year-end episode over on um, on our brother program, Radioactive Metal. Okay, we have our year-end episode, which is going to be coming up soon. We call it the Rammy Awards. The Rammy Awards. Because Radioactive Metal, R-A-M, Ram, Rammy, Grammy, ha-ha, okay? So we got to come up with something like the Slammies, but different, okay? Because, first of all, do you guys remember the Slammy Awards? Yeah, they just had them. They brought them back again this year. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because yeah. I just remember the the farce that it was in the 80s, and they just gave, it was like, it was kind of like the Hall of Fame, where they just, for one night, they just had these stupid categories, and they disgraced the good name of Harley Race by having Race and Duggan brawl, the worst brawl ever, like the whole reward ceremony in and out and all that, and it was just... It was just disgraceful, like a lot of the WWF in the eighties was. Yeah, and, and all, and all that. so and so I was glad to see the slamming guy. Sorry, 
At least it wasn't as bad as Mantar. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so so what happened with the Slammies this year? Well, I, I to be honest, I didn't even really watch it. Like, the all, all I know is that the Boneyard match won match of the year. And oh, okay. That's, uh, <laughs> really? Given some, of the, given some of the matches that it was going up against, I was like, well, like... They had the they had the triple threat ladder match from Clash of Champions in there too for the Intercontinental title and I was like, well, that was that was good. Like why it's like, better than a cinematic match. Yeah, I think they probably did that just for the Undertaker's sake though. Like mm. yeah. Right. And then Drew McIntyre won superstar of the year, even though it should have been, in my opinion, Randy Orton. Or Roman well, Roman wasn't there for most of it. I like how they were like, Roman, you didn't win any. And then he tweeted, he's like, I don't need no stupid award. Yeah. Okay, I just bury the slammies right there. Okay. Yep. Well, the only awards that ever meant anything to me, apart from this episode now, was the annual Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards. Their year-end issue, you know, which had... The Wrestler of the Year, the Female Wrestler of the Year match, tag team, the Feud of the Year, you know, their Hall of Fame inductee. And it's because of the PWI year-end awards that I kind of wanted to do this on our show. So kind of without further ado, this, this episode's Turnbuckle Talk, I thought we would sit down and share with all the good folks, um... At home listening now, you know, everything that kind of uh, caught our attention throughout the year. I figure maybe we'll kind of do things in reverse and uh, save save the big categories to the end. But actually, for the six categories we chose, like these are the top, the top tier categories, shall mm-hmm. we say. So right. I thought maybe the best place to start is maybe, like, the event or the card of the year? Yeah, like pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always going to say card. Okay. Whether it's on TV, like, I called Raw card for years, okay, to normies. Yeah, there's there's a wrestling card on tonight. Hmm. What? Oh, sorry. You would know it as the Raw show being on. <laughs> no, we tape a fucking Undertaker trading card to the TV and be like, there's the card. That's the card. Yeah, that's a card. Well, I'm always going to call it a card. So you guys are going to have to be a little uh, patient with me. So event, pay-per-view, card of the year. What you guys got? Uh, my pick was AEW Revolution. The, 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 this was the one where John Moxley won the world heavyweight title from uh, from Chris Jericho. That was the main event, and then <laughs> cut a cut an amazing promo afterwards. And uh, <laughs> actually, during that promo, he was like, his music was playing. He gets on the microphone and goes, starts talking, and then his music, or his music cuts out, and then he goes, "Hey, what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that revolution that also had that amazing omega page young bucks match oh yes yes as well and, yeah and also if i'm not mistaken the first the first singles match that uh orange cassidy ever wrestled against uh pack and ah, okay if i'm being honest i think that was orange cassidy's best match in AEW so far because <laughs> uh, mainly because of crowd participation because that's something we kind of lost uh during the year for majority of the year 
So yeah, mm-hmm. like having that crowd participation for that match really made it a lot more <laughs> like a lot better. like not that it wasn't a bad match, it was great, but just like the the crowd participation whenever he would do like those really like lazy kicks and how the crowd would just go absolutely insane. Of course, yeah. Everyone just loves Orange Cassidy, but mm-hmm. that was and the yeah the like like you said Bucks versus uh, Omega and Page for the tag titles. Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. He beat him by submission. Uh, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, and that that was basically a spot fest. That one because that was like the match that kind of put Sammy Guevara over as just the guy who could take like the worst bumps. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he's kind of been the go-to guy. Well, we need someone to almost get killed. Uh, mm-hmm. Sammy, uh, come here. I want I want to see Sammy versus Dolph Ziggler. That'd be uh, there's a spot fest. There's a bump fest <laughs> there, I should say. Holy there's geez. a there's a Jim Cornette rant. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you would totally have to dedicate that match to Kurt Henning. Yeah. Because uh, he was the originator. He's like there's a Dolph Ziggler because there was a Kurt Henning. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. What about you, dude? I'm actually just because it was really fun. And we were like, "Why the what the fuck's happening the entire time?" I'm gonna go with IWA King of the Death matches. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The one that we all got together. <laughs> you got for. there right after the first one ended. You're like, "What I missed? What I missed?" Oh, just people throwing glass at each other. Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, all right, beer yeah. time." <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. I think I'm gonna need a drink right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> Because if I have to sit through a whole card of this, I'm just gonna. Uh, Which I'll right. be sitting through one on Friday and Saturday. <laughs> God. Oh yeah, like the yeah, it was like five straight hours of deathmatch or six yeah. hours. Yeah, it was six because night one was the night before we got together, and then I got to your place early, and we just watched night one. Oh right, yeah, right. And so he so you- showed up, and he was just like, "I'm gonna need a drink or 12. Well, unfortunately, you guys spared me the first night. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was different. <laughs> yeah, okay, but I admit, like, I like to, I like to rib you, dude, for watching this shit. But it's fun when we get together, when we're able to get together and and watch all this crap. You know, like yeah. it, it, it makes for a Saturday night. Yeah, it's know? it's kind of like the equivalent of being a horror movie fan, and then but then like. You got that one guy that just likes watching snuff films, like gore porn. Oh, yeah. We're just <laughs> just some of the worst. Like, you know it's a shitty horror film when I turn it off. Like, yeah. Like, put it that way. Because that was like me when I, yeah, that was like me when I first watched uh, The Human Centipede. It's like, yeah, I can take it. I, I can watch any horror ever. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> then I watched it, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there is just some... We're just going to sew this guy's mouth to this guy's ass. Yeah. And this guy's mouth to this guy's ass. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen some movies that I'm not going back to seeing again. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, with myself here, it looks like we got three different things because... Um, also, but I'll interrupt you just quickly. Also... Being that cast rep shit happens in that tournament. Oh, oh yeah. right, that's right. Yeah, our good buddy Cast Casanova Valentine wore your band's shirt 
for that card. Shit happens, which you know. That was ah. <laughs> I think that's the thing that we that gave us the biggest pop all year. Yeah, like that was. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> after like after we watched the first one, and then it was halfway through the second day, and we were starting to get tired, and then Cass was right before the match that sends me a selfie wearing it, and then we just got fucking hyped. <laughs> we're just like, here we go. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, I think that was yeah. like, yeah, that was the main reason for Snowy coming down to even watch the event. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you texted did, me. And then we saw Schlack stab people. It was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, with Schlack, if you're listening to this, Radioactive Metal and Wrestling Night in Canada wants you on on this uh on our shows to talk all of this weird stuff that you guys are into here. Um for myself, um Triple Mania reintroduced me to AAA wrestling from Mexico. They were streaming it live free. I had access to it on YouTube and all that, and it made for a fantastic night. And it's like, okay, a lot has changed since I last saw, you know, AAA and all that. They had their, a couple of their, their um, trios matches and all that, but they definitely kind of mixed it up and introduced me to a lot of really cool, uh, cool wrestlers that I'd never heard of before, but I'm definitely going to keep my eye on the main events were absolutely phenomenal. The hair versus hair match between Pagano and Chessman, two guys that I'd never even heard of before. Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, um, there's apparently something, there's something between these two guys that I should pay attention to if they're taking it to hair versus hair, because that's a big thing in Mexico. Hair versus hair, mask versus hair. Gano doesn't have much hair. Yeah, to, to begin with, yeah. Yeah, and they definitely went all out. Kenny Omega defending the AAA Mega Championship against the L L Laredo Kid was definitely a sleeper match of the year because for for you know Canada and the US the only thing we know of the Laredo kid is just what he was doing on impact and he was relegated to um the X division right yeah yeah to see him get a big push in his home country it made you go wow okay there's something to this kid and it and, was a hell of a card and not no one would really take a second rope fucking one winged angel so <laughs> that's right that's on, right that was another on to thing. their rings which don't bounce <laughs> yeah. yeah true they're just wrestling on six-sided boxing rings over there pretty oh, yeah. much pretty much yeah so even kind of the goofy stuff which I don't normally get into or give much attention to. I still, I still kind of got into it, so I really can't complain. And like I said, it was definitely a good reintroduction to AAA. Right on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Best story or angle? Okay, before we get into anything, I should kind of point out like there's no, we have no set criteria for any of these categories they are what they are you know like for whatever reason each of us might have 
to for us to nominate something the best of. I'm sure we would all have our own criteria and the criteria would probably be different for every category. You know, for something like best story or angle or feud, you know, it could be something that happened in the ring. It could be something behind the scenes. It's just there's no rhyme and reason to it. It's just something that got our individual's attention. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I have a feeling we might have three different ones once again. What about you, Matt? What do you got for your uh, story, angle, feud, etc.? Honestly, I got to give it up to the Roman Reigns heel turn. That's... Uh-huh. <laughs> Like I like for for years, like literally years, over half a decade, I even I'd say, people like the fans have been pushing WWE to turn Roman Reigns heel, and they finally did it, and it was so good. <laughs> like easily one of the most entertaining things about WWE programming these days. Probably the reason to tune into SmackDown, if I do say so myself. Right. Like, like he just plays it so well. Like this this new character, the how he's like he's obsessed with being. Like the head of his family table, he's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, and how he just plays this like soulless sociopathic person so well. It's like, where has this Roman Reigns been for the past half a decade? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, and then they finally pull the trigger. Uh, it's debatable whether or not putting the title back on him right away was a good move, but it in the long run, I thought it turned out for the best. Like, right, having him be this unbeatable. Well, unbeatable because he has so much help, but still, right. like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. he still boasts about being like being the tribal chief, the head of the table, the best that there is. And like, this has to be leading to something be- bigger. Like, I'm thinking it's probably going to lead to him uh, facing the rock at WrestleMania because they're mm-hmm. part of the same. So, so if, if yeah, so I'm sure the Rock has a few things to say about being the head of the table in the family, <laughs> being being yeah. being the breadwinner, <laughs> right? Definitely, yeah. definitely. I'm sure it'll and then be like, oh, the winner is actually have Rock pass the torch, sort of say. Yeah, like well, it. the the, uh, the Rock already kind of passed the torch to John Cena, though. Like at WrestleMania mm-hmm. 29, uh, was it 29? So right. I don't know. like I think it's I, I I would like to see Roman Reigns win that feud really put him over yeah yeah for sure right. I don't know I don't know, I know how much I'm gonna bitch about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you think maybe the Roman Reigns tour turn is a little a little too soon or a little too late like because no no one is like Raw is at an all time low like. I know he's in SmackDown, but like the WWF is at an all-time wrestling in general is at an all-time low. Do you think you know it's a they should have pulled the trigger a long time ago, and maybe everything would be a little better off? Maybe Uh, it's hard to say whether it'd be better off, but yes, they should have pulled the trigger a long time ago. But I'm glad that they did it, and I'm glad that we get to experience it anyway. Like Hmm. I'm just I'm just hoping that like yeah, in the long run it pays off and like because <laughs> so far it's been great i've loved every minute but yeah like that's that's the, the biggest problem with wwe is long-term storytelling long-term booking and payoffs that's right the, <laughs> that's right, right. So yeah fingers yeah. crossed 
Fingers crossed for this. <laughs> Hopefully that's where they're going with The Rock. I mean, that's that's the like because they didn't have like they when you said long long term booking, the Hogan Savage turn that was a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and to yeah. to build up Reigns Rock would be just that's something they should have gone, you know. But you're dealing with The Rock's movie schedule and all that, yeah. so. You might not be able to get much of a push. Well, yeah, that's what for like Cena Rock too. Like the day after whatever Mania was on Raw, they were just like, "What about next year at Mania? <laughs> Us two. <laughs> and they were like, "Sure, fuck it." And then they just built it for a year, and it was great. Yeah, WrestleMania 28 was once in a lifetime, and then they did it the year after again. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just hoping it doesn't end up with a, a year long build to end uh, end the way that uh, Sting versus Hogan did. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, not neither. Uh, well, I'm sure The Rock doesn't give enough of a shit to pull a Hogan or, or right. and Ryan Roman either. So mm-hmm. no screw finishes in this one, please, please. <laughs> right, Here comes James. Oh, oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> what what about you, dude? What's your story or angle? I'm shit. I like the whole Alexa joining the Fiend thing. Okay, yeah, that was pretty. That was, that's been pretty cool. Oh, kind of the the Beauty and the Beast thing, sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, but she's not really of her own mind right now. So yeah. to speak, <laughs> it's a little nutty at the moment, but she's under the influence, some sort of uh, hypnotic spell, dare I say. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I've often said, like, like Bliss's strong point, okay, yeah, she's a great character, great work rate, and all that. She is one hell of an actress. Yes, she okay, is. Okay, like legit, because she is one of those people that reportedly, she's a real sweetheart in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's the ultimate girl next door back home and all that. But yet, she's such a good bitch. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I've heard rumors <laughs> that she had to take lessons to be a bitch. Right, yeah. Like if you're that good of a person that you had to take lessons to be a bitch in the wrestling world <laughs> surrounded by nothing but ego and bitchiness like good on you <laughs> yeah she's uh like she she would she didn't like uh come up in the indies or anything she was a essentially a product of the performance center right mm-hmm. she's a wwe original i guess you could say right. but, uh, the way she's taken to and adapted to the world of pro wrestling is uh Nothing short of impressive. Oh, definitely. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Um, for myself, well, I, I had it down to two things. Okay. And they're both equally caught my, my attention. But the whole Tessa Blanchard real life. Okay. First, first of all, her buildup at the beginning of the year. Okay. In Impact Wrestling, the way they built Tessa Blanchard to go after the world title run. (laughs) And just, she was the reason to tune into Impact. If you were like one of those people that, well, I haven't enjoyed 
you know, TNA for years and all that. I got really no reason to tune into this. I haven't heard anything good or anything. Blanchard was amazing for the first half of the year. The, the, the title chase was fantastic. She was the, the best reason, the best thing going in pro wrestling as a character and what they were doing with her. And then for her to make history and win, you know, the first woman to win, you know, the men's world title was wow. Okay. And it's it's honestly, that's the way I would have booked her too, because she is, was kind of a special case and could go with the men. Okay. That's, that's kind of the Cinderella part. After that, it all kind of went to shit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. behind the scenes and yeah. all that, there was all the allegations of her dropping n bombs at some of the African American ladies backstage, and just being general bitchiness and the uh, and being a bully. Although that word kind of gets thrown around a lot, and then more and now and than then ever, demanding money for her to send the world title back. She oh yeah. There, there, there was that, and then them stripping her of the title, and now it's just who knows exactly what's going to happen with her. So it went from, you know, to to quote Mean Gene during the the Ultimate Warrior Hogan and the Elizabeth Savage wedding that SummerSlam. We're going from nuptials to napalm. That mm-hmm. was, that was Tessa Blanchard's year. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, like you said, she's an she, she is an amazing in ring talent, but the backstage politics, I can't see her being hired by AEW even if her dad is there. Like being right. that, being that Brandy is herself African American, I don't think she would take too kindly to, or hasn't taken too kindly to those reports, mm-hmm. and I don't think WWE well. Maybe, but I don't, like it's hard to say whether WWE would could take the bad press or not. But they've they've surprised me before. So right, right. <laughs> it, it bring back Lars Sullivan. Yes, that's true. So. Ah, right, right. And they just for years they've uh, they've had one idiot or another pushed into and, mid. You know. And they always bring back Alberto. Oh. Well, I don't think we're going to see that. Ever. We're not going to see. Yeah, uh, is he? In, he might. I don't even know if is he in jail or is he? I don't know. Who knows? He should be. Yeah, <laughs> it should be. Definitely. Um, if we could pick the three of us, okay, could pick a runner-up. I'm sure all of us would agree. The whole Kenny Omega, Cyrus, Impact, that whole thing. Okay. Yeah, that you was know. actually. Yeah, that was my number two, but it hasn't had enough time to build because uh, it's only been going for like a month. Right. So, right. right. But yeah. as 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 Winnipeggers, mm-hmm. okay, because Kenny Omega is from Winnipeg. Cyrus is it's so it's so connected to us to to Winnipeg. You know they have they have they have that strong connection and just the fact that you know impact. And AEW are acknowledging one another on the shows already. That's that's just wow. Yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. Unheard of. Unheard yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like when um, during Brody's uh, 
that tribute video at the end of the show, they had pictures of him with like the Wyatts too, and it's like, did they get permission for that, or did Tony just go fuck it and throw it in? Right, right. <laughs> because those, those those pictures probably didn't belong to WWE. A lot of them probably just belonged to or were on the wrestlers' Instagram accounts. But yeah, there was there was pictures of him with Rowan with the SmackDown tag team titles, uh-huh. which I was I was just like, uh, <laughs> like didn't even blur out the WWE logos. <laughs> nope. There, but, there hasn't uh, been any word on any backlash for the haha from the WWF about that. No, no, and that's another thing. I don't think Vince could take the negative press if he tried to sue them for saying or showing certain things. Because like Chris Jericho was dropping a bunch of trademark WWE stuff uh, when he was on commentary. He he kept on bringing up. He he said Luke Harper more than a couple of times. Right. Say he, he said the term Bludgeon Brothers. He he called. He called Eric Rowan. He called him Eric Rowan, and then like quickly, like Excalibur was trying to be like Redbeard, Eric Redbeard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed that's that. For, that's his former bludgeon partner, partner Eric Rowan. No, 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 yeah. uh, Redbeard. Yeah. <laughs> so is Rowan still contracted to Vince? Mm-hmm. No, no. He's been, he was released in March, uh, okay. back Black Wednesday. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Do you think um, AEW should pick him up? Definitely. Like, uh, maybe as a like a temporary leader for the Dark Order, or maybe was, just make maybe the the muscle for the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see John <laughs> Silver as the new Exalted One. That'd be funny. <laughs> or it can bring in like Rowan for the new leader for now and have him appoint John Silver as the muscle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or they can just bring someone new in, okay, and build it up. You know, Finally but, have it be Christopher Daniels coming back to the Fallen Angel gimmick. That'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I would love oh, I, that. I could see that. I yeah. could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The last couple years, okay, I remember back Stephanie McMahon was doing the whole, this is the women's revolution and all that. It actually has panned out. Anything Stephanie McMahon says, I kind of like take with a grain of salt, you know, like when the WWF, you know, gave their condolences or she did. She gave her Twitter condolences to, you know, to the loss of Brody Lee. And I, I remember mentioning, I don't know if it was to you guys or on Facebook or something, saying, oh, yeah, someone had to uh, remind her who he was. And then she went on, you know, on. Then that's just me being me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and then one Vince time, did it. <laughs> it's like, oh, so someone had to tell Vince. Yeah. Someone, who is this? Who is this Harper guy? Uh, <laughs> Was he was he part of us? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, say something nice about him, I guess. Or <laughs> uh, I don't know. One of the things that Stephanie McMahon did get right was the women's revolution, and to this day, it is still being felt because women in wrestling is just as strong now as it was, you know, throughout the the whole buildup. Um, and it's not only just in the WWF, but it's, as we've mentioned with Tessa Blanchard and the AEW roster 
has, you know, strengthened their women division. Lady Shani in um in AAA really caught my attention this year as well. So we had, you know, a whole metric one ton of options for the female wrestler of the year. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think, Matt? What was your kind of your idea for I, the ladies? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my pick for Women's Wrestler of the Year is Io Shirai. Yeah. Okay, from NXT. NXT, yeah. Current NXT Women's Champion. Uh-huh. She, uh, she won the NXT Women's title uh, on my birthday, actually, <laughs> at uh, NXT in your house. By pinning Charlotte. Oh, no, she pinned, uh, she pinned Rhea, but Charlotte oh, I was... Thought, I thought yeah. she pinned Charlotte. No. No, Charlotte had Rhea in the figure four, and then uh, EO did a moonsault onto yeah, that's right. Onto Rhea and then Pinder. <laughs> right, close enough. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, EO Shirai. Not only like she she had a heel turn uh, last year that led to this uh, kind of like mentally tortured heel character, but then eventually she kind of just drifted more into this uh, tweener, uh, like not not so much like a full on heel, more like a like an in betweener, kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin, right. Yeah, so that's kind of benefited her a lot. Like she, she tends to fight on the babyface side of things, but yeah, she's not like a full fledged babyface, which I'm into. And as far as like pure wrestling goes, she could also be like considered the best pure wrestler on either male or female. <laughs> and yeah, like so for yeah, pr- pure wrestling skill and for like her character development over the year and winning the title and and carrying it to the end of the year. Yeah, that's why she gets my pick for Women's Wrestler of the Year. I've heard nothing but good stuff about her, yeah. <laughs> what about you, dude? I'm going to go with Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Just her in-ring work is amazing. Absolutely. And I did not expect that heel turn before War Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a squirt. Yeah. And she did that really well too. Mm-hmm. And just all of her matches are fantastic. She, I don't think she's had a bad match. Yeah, her run in NXT UK was great too when she was uh, the women's champion over there. I yeah. definitely need the network in order to watch more NXT. Yeah, just for just for the two NXTs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, right on, right on. For myself, oh, it was tough. It was tough between Thunder Rosa. And Hikaru Shida. Okay, yeah. Personally, and then I really had to sit down and, you know, weigh the pros and cons. Almost had to flip a coin and all that. But Shida had a phenomenal year, just like winning the title and defending it. And at the end of the day, when she's, you know, later on tonight on next week on dynamite or later on this 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 week shida or kakara shida will be on she's the one of the ladies you know that makes me go oh good okay right on I, this is going to be good it's i love the character she's got an amazing work rate and i love how you know she's a fighting champion yeah for sure, yeah, it was it was kind of tough though, because like I said, Thunder Rosa had an amazing year as well. You know, between the NWA and AEW and all that, like it's it was tough. It was it was definitely tough. Yeah, 
having to pick between things is always like, the worst. When, the, <laughs> when like, two people have been equally as great in your opinion, you're just like, uh, mm-hmm. trying to weigh everything out. <laughs> and you don't want to flip a coin, but yeah, uh, you don't want to. You don't want to. Try, you don't want to like inadvertently disrespect the person who you didn't pick. It's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right. like the, it's like that meme I s- sent to you guys earlier this week. It's like liking one thing and then it's like bitching about everything you don't like and it's like wrestling fans and it's like oh, yeah. the <laughs> it's like no <laughs> it's yeah. like what I like doing on Facebook when I'm bored it's like when people say AEW is the best company in history I'm just like oh you're wrong for these reasons and then they just throw a temper and it's great yeah don't be saying best company in history. Yeah, right. pro wrestling has a strong history. Maybe in your limited history, you know, like mm-hmm. this is this is the greatest thing. But hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best, it's it's like, the best like, thing the right now. And they go, oh, it's like, oh, John Moxley's cool. I've never heard of him before. It's like, do you not watch WWE? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so oh. like one. Uh, would go to when WWE would come through. I'd go to cards. There you go, Snowy. Yeah. There we go. That's what I. And I'd go by myself, and I'd sit beside someone, and and just for shits and giggles to test their knowledge, I would start chanting their indie name, and they would look at me. Well, who's what? that? WWE discovered them. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Not allowed to sit beside me anymore. You're done. Yeah. To go <laughs> you there. Can- Leave the building, sir. <laughs> yeah. Out. That's right. That's right. Uh, of course, down to the nitty gritty here. Probably the three things that probably mean the most to pro wrestling fans. Um, one of them definitely is match of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, for me personally, though, it's because there was no MLW for the most part. Okay, Ring of Ring of Honor had a limited schedule, and there was there wasn't much going on in the NWA because of, because of the whole Carino and all that. It was it was kind it was kind of tough. So I was really it, I really want to hear you guys first, like what what where you guys are thinking with with this whole thing because of we only had so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, my, my, my match of the year we've already mentioned. It was Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Bucks at Revolution. At Revolution. You know what? I'm just going to get it out of the way right now and say that was my choice as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, how can you, <laughs> you can't say a bad thing about this match. It was perfect from cover to cover. Like, mm-hmm. from bell to bell, excuse me. Right. And, yeah, like, it was perfect. Like, all, all four of these guys know each other, like, the backs of their hands they've they've worked with each other and traveled with each other for ever like they're they were in the bullet club together in japan like mm-hmm. like and ring of honor and but yeah like just everything about this match was so well done and like the the little easter eggs to the fans like uh one of, one of my favorites though was when uh hangman did the marty Skrull's uh chicken wing taunt before he actually put the chicken wing on one of the bucks <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was like nice little call out to his buddy, and uh, yeah, and uh, also not to, not to mention Hangman or uh, sorry Omega kicking out at one after the Bucks hit him with a double team move, and he just like he kicks out at one and just starts punching the mat, and the crowd 
went absolutely insane. That was, yeah, so much in this match. Like, it could have gone either way. And I'm glad that it kind of did, uh, didn't go to the Bucks, like, at that point. Because right. Omega and Paige were white hot as tag team champions at the time. And definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> So the Dave Meltzer star system, I think it's supposed to be four stars, but then when something extra special happens, he he kicks it up to five, six stars. What would you yes. kind of give the Meltzer? It's Seven. Meltzer. Every young, every young Bucks match is five stars, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If, or if it was in Japan. Yes. If, if it was at, <laughs> yeah. at the Tokyo Dome. Seven stars. Seven stars. Holy shit, I just came in my pants. Seven stars. You get a star. And you, you get, get a star. <laughs> you get a star. That's right. That's right. It yeah, but. Off match. It was 30 seconds long. And you get a star. <laughs> but it, it's hard to argue his logic for this match exactly yeah for sure perfect 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 match what about you dude what I'm you going got? Walter Ela Dragunov yes yeah that was good too okay I just recently heard about that I did catch um, ha- like some of the latest NXT episode. Okay, uh, this, I yeah, this was UK, Sorry, this was NXT UK, but it was yeah, yeah. But part of the um NXT, like um, what what I caught, like I get an hour of NXT on one of my sports channels Saturday afternoons, which that's a crappy time for me because I'm. <laughs> frequently doing something else, you know, on Saturdays. But with everything going on, I have been managing to catch a little NXT. And they had their kind of their awards. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't realize they they shoehorned all the, the UK into their award show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And well, they had Walter versus... Oh, Dragon. Yeah. Right. Here you <laughs> go, Snowy. I sent you the match. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I, I was actually going to say... Um, can I find this somewhere on YouTube or something? It's not I... like it's uh, it's wrestling legends talking about it, but they show the full match in the background. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I can't find the actual full thing without it just being highlights. All right, no, you get to hear like Shawn Michaels be like, "Oh, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh... And also not having a crowd there, I don't know. That kind of added, like, I, usually with wrestling, that takes away stuff. But this it added some a very eerie feeling to the match, being that the, these two the shit out of each other. Exactly, like it's like it's almost as if for like one match, Walter forgot that wrestling isn't isn't real. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> right. And Walter, this Walter guy, he sounds like my kind of guy, actually. He's, he's, is he not like a throwback to the old school? Yep. You know? Okay, good. Good. I'm definitely going to give that a check tonight. We're actually 
going through this a little quicker than I was kind of anticipating. But considering some of our marathon shows, uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure our listeners aren't going to exactly piss and moan and cry. Yeah. If, yeah, we kind of wrap things up a little. A little oh, bit. no, it's an hour and a half, not two and a half. That's right. Something wrong. <laughs> That's right. What the hell? Are those guys, are they sick? Are they okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, still, still longer than a WrestleMania episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tag team of the year. What do you guys think? Because I think there's been there's definitely been some standouts, but just like as a longtime wrestling fanatic, you know, I, there's definitely been you know years where quality and quantity. You know, kind of, uh, we're one step up of 2020, but I know there is some uh, some standouts this year. What do you what What do you got, Matt, for tag team? Honestly, I have to give it to Hangman and uh, Omega. Like, ah, you know, they, they they were the longest longest reigning so far uh, mm-hmm. AW tag team champions, and yeah, that like I know they're not really a tag team by name, like they don't have a tag team name. They're just Hangman and or yeah, they're just Page and Omega, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, they like for two singles dudes, they they really uh, uh, gelled with the tag team style really well. I thought like they 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 got a good hold of it and they managed to carry those tag team titles. I know like Omega or uh, Hangman wasn't there for a large long part of the year due to the pandemic, but still like I can't really think of a better time for them to have dropped them than to FTR when they did. Cause that, that kind of opened the door for Omega's heel turn returning to the cleaner and what we have now with him mm-hmm. being world champion. So, but yeah, it's just, they, they adapted to the tag team style. So, so well, and they came up with their own tag team finisher, which was just a combination of two of their own finishers, but, right. but it worked. It worked. Uh, and yeah, they put on, Again, my 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 match of the year. Like, so I can't really like I can't really say anything bad about them. Like, they they helped keep tag team wrestling very active in a year where even in NXT we've kind of seen tag team wrestling take a bit of a dip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the tag team the tag team titles in NXT haven't been defended at a takeover since before the pandemic. So I was takeover Portland. Was oh, the last wow. time, yeah, it was the last time the NXT tag titles were defended at a table. And I'm sure Vince has some say in that. Uh, well, oh, no one cares about tag teams. Yeah. Well, well, why don't, why, don't, why don't you go see what's on the other channel? Yeah, let's see what people then. react. Remember, <laughs> there's only one channel, according to Vince, though. <laughs> no, there's two. There's the USA Network and Fox. Yeah. Everything else. Yeah. Oh, do you ever think he know he even knows what's on his own network? Apart no. from the the special events. No, I don't. Like, <laughs> I, I I don't think I, I think he probably like stamps like just approves it. Like people probably give him the gist of some of these shows, and he's just like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> like he doesn't actually have time to sit down and watch every single second of every single show that they throw up there. Right. Yeah. right. It's like how they've added pay-per-views now with Benoit matches. They're just like, oh, let's add, I don't know, let's say No Mercy 2002. <laughs> I don't remember if Benoit was on that or not. 
But let's just say, oh, 2002. And then Vince goes, yeah, put it on. And they're like, are you sure, Vince? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say this, but you you got Vince, you know, in your Deadpool this year. Like, do you think, (laughs) you think, like, because I'm hearing... Uh, nothing he looked like I'm, he wasn't doing so good at Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hearing he you know like shit. Uh, yeah, and I I don't want to be that guy. Like I've never had anything good to say about Vince McMahon, like ever. Yeah, I don't I don't want the guy to die though. But I'm just I'm hearing nothing but you know he might be on his last leg this year. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. Like he doesn't look very healthy and like his like the, the the rate that he talks is like nothing compared to what he was even doing 10 years ago or even five years ago like he still he looks like he struggles to get certain words out and yeah it's you can't you know he's in his 70s like you can't you, you can't criticize a guy for that you know? no but he yeah he's he's given his body like and his time like he, i guarantee mm-hmm. that guy like three hours a night <laughs> Like he's, uh, I'm I'm surprised that he's actually like still going. To be to be perfectly honest with you, but yeah, like I guess, I guess time time will tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, I know when that time does come. Like we're we're gonna have to do a turnbuckle talk, good or bad, you know. Yeah. About, about you know because it's definitely we'll have to a, have a, a whole figure. episode about Vince at that point. Oh, mm-hmm. pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, dude? Your tag team of the year? I'm gonna go with FTR when they finally got released from WWE because they were unhappy for so long. It just looked like when they showed up in AEW, they were having fun again. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I'm going they to agree had to with you. Change their team name like three times. <laughs> I don't even remember their names in the WWF. Like, they wasn't Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler. Like, what was it again? Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Right, right. And, of course, Dax Hardwood. Like, that. that's a porno name. Like, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Right up there with Dick the Bruiser. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like Woody Johnson. I'm going to agree with you, dude. FTR, my tag team of the year, because they're they're the throwbacks to the old school. Like they're the with with everything that's going on in the world. Okay, they they've gotten compared like to the Midnight Express, you know, and they are reflective of that era in this era. You know, and they were just an absolute joy to watch. And of course, being teamed up with Tully Blanchard definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they, they were referred to as like the modern day brainbusters back in NXT. So, right, right. So, yeah. Hey. How appropriate that Tully Blanchard's name. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. It would have been nice, like, if, if not Tully Blanchard, then Arn Anderson, but, you know, he was yeah. attached to Cody at the time. So, yeah, there is absolutely nothing that I can find anything negative about F- FTR just in, you know, that banner year. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're right, dude. Like, it looks like they're uh, actually having a good time. 
I just wish their tag team title reign was longer than it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I could see at some point, you know, them regaining them. Yeah, the the ending to the match when they lost them though was very poetic though because they they couldn't put the when they were facing the young bucks they it, it basically came down to the eighties versus the nineties and like uh, I forget who I think it was uh, uh, Dax Harwood resorted to trying to do a flip in order to win the match and that ended up costing them the match. So. <laughs> Before we get to the final. Wait, yeah, because you have to do yours too. But before we get to the final category, should we add return of the year? Return of the year? Mm-hmm. The return of the year? I, I, I wouldn't yeah. even. Think about yeah. it. <laughs> it's hard to say, really, because you don't have do you, hands okay, 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 but just for shits, just for shits and shits and giggles, dude. What, what do you think? Edge. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Where we I all remember. fucking lost our goddamn mind mm-hmm. <laughs> in your living room. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that's like the only good return of the year because that's the only one that the fans were there for. Yeah. <laughs> it was like we yeah. saw it coming and then we're just like, okay, anytime now. It'll mm-hmm. be fine. We'll just still sit here anytime now and then we turn into fucking little kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's out of impact. I mean, it's Edge. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think I think we can all agree unanimously on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely got our attention. Um, so this is it. This is the big one. This is the world title. This is the whole enchilada. This is the men's wrestler of the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop me before I come up with any more expressions and all that because we might be here. All night. This is this is is the big one, wrestler of the year. And like I said at the top of the hop, like there's really no rhyme and reason, you know, to what your choice would be with something like this. Is it just accomplishments in the ring, or maybe you know the guys had a banner year, you know, after a couple crappy ones or whatever like there's really no rhyme and reason for this but so with that in mind what do you say matt your wrestler of the year my wrestler of the year is john moxley (laughs) (laughs) sorry i can't do that as long as justin roberts Uh, yeah, that's hard to whether you're a fan or not, whether you like what Moxley does. Okay, Banner Year. Okay, came in, he got you know AEW fired up. You know yeah. he he was the big name that 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 they brought in, and he was just he was a, was a fantastic character, and you know taking winning the title and all that. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Fantastic well, not, choice. Yeah. No, not 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 to mention like not only winning the title, but afterwards having a like being being the world champion of an essentially what is still an upstart company, carrying that company through this pandemic, and being their top guy, and still like making people care about it, keeping mm-hmm. it relevant, making it the 
like seem like the most important world championship in all of professional wrestling. Because yeah, like Drew McIntyre winning the WWE title was cool, but the WWE championship doesn't mean a goddamn thing anymore. No, it's yeah, because <laughs> considering they're split Mm-mm. and yeah, they get cool. hot shotted so much, yeah, like it's yeah, like having having Moxley come in and yeah, win the world title from Jericho and then carry it through the pandemic, having going through so many great feuds cutting promos that like accomplishing more in a two minute promo than most people can in 20 minutes. And yeah, uh, just making you give a damn. And <laughs> like <laughs> when the world was a piece of shit, <laughs> you can't really like fault him for that. Like you or if anything, I like, praise him for that. Like pra- give him yeah. all the praise in the world. He, mm-hmm. he accomplished what most people would probably crumble under the pressure for <laughs> in, in, in any other situation. Like, definitely, definitely, and it got our attention all year round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, excellent, good choice, good choice, my man. But what about you, dude? You're wrestler of the year. I'm gonna go with Randy Orton. Hmm. Okay. Are you trying to hurt me? <laughs> okay, okay, make, make, okay, one. make, make, make a case because I'm. Maybe I just don't know because I'm just been so I'm so done with Randy Orton and I have been for quite a while now, maybe he had a year that I don't know about. So, so impressed me, changed my mind. Just with Randy's always like his fantastic heel work over the last year now. And that he's the legend killer. I don't know if he's the legend killer anymore, but when he was the legend, when he came as the legend killer again, that was great. And then people were coming back and like, Randy, you got to stop blah, blah, blah. Then they'd get their ass whooped. It was fantastic. And then this current feud he's in with Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, has been really good. His feud with McIntyre was great. The thing with Edge at the beginning of the year when he came back was really good. Yeah, I mean, he was a part of the greatest wrestling match ever, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. He RKO'd Beth Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> that I caught. That I caught, Yes. Somehow, yeah. somehow, the greatest wrestling match ever didn't win the Slammy Award for Match of the Year. I just read right. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. I'm thinking the only reason it didn't is because they had to retake a spot, and then Edge got hurt. Yeah. <sighs> See, that's oh, that's the stuff that gnaws at me. Yeah, you know, like these cinematic matches and retakes, and it's just like, oh, really? All right. Okay, okay. You kind of won me over there, dude. That's you've made some pretty good cases for you lit a man on fire. <laughs> he killed him. He's, he's dead. My God, he's dead. He's dead. Just just to bug you next when I see you, I'll have to wear my Randy Orton shirt. <laughs> what are you doing to me, son? What are you doing? <laughs> Ah, okay, okay. Well, um, I don't think anyone can argue my choice of Mr. Kenny Omega as okay. wrestler of the year. Just just for like okay, match of the year, tag tag team champion, you know, with 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 Paige, you know, winning the title, you know, both of those major titles. Okay, um, and then the whole impact thing, finishing up the year on that, like like winning the title 
and causing the impact crossover and all that like shit like that makes me salivate it honestly does yeah and, we, we have we've only seen the tip of the iceberg for this right so far. <laughs> right 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 the only thing the only negative thing about omega that i could possibly say is the uh, like the the whole cleaner thing okay that's a jap that's from japan right the whole yes the whole the whole cleaner and all that Mm. It means it means nothing to the fans. Like for if just just like in in North America, unless you're fully immersed in it. But if you're like if you are actually going to get casual fans to build your fan base, and that's what wrestling needs now is the the casual fan. They're going to take one look at these cheerleaders or whatever with the brooms. And go. Well, what the fuck is this? Like this. This is dumb. This doesn't make any sense, you know. But there's rhyme and reason for it. So I can't. If if that's the only negative thing that I can think of, that's not bad, you know. Yeah, like I, I love this cleaner gimmick in Japan, and uh, like at first I was skeptical whether or not it could like uh, transfer over to uh, an American audience, but I guess we'll see because they're going into it full swing now. So, well, there it's, you go. Yeah, spanning across two companies. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as well. Of course, he's also that that the AAA Mega Champion. Oh yeah, that's and, so three companies. And <laughs> so, he he had my runner up for match of the year against the Laredo Kid at Triple Mania, mm-hmm. and all Good. that. So, I, there is no other choice, really. I mean, there's sure maybe some that might give it a run for the money. You guys definitely made some cases. For me personally, a good Winnipeg boy. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Kenny Omega can't argue with that. Well, um, I think being the first, our first go round with the year end and all that, I'm sure will add, you know, some categories next year. And all that because there is a wide variety of things that we can do, but I think we're just kind of testing the waters for ourselves with this. Yeah. So I'm definitely impressed. Um, just kind of overall, let's kind of do our horns thing for 2020, taking out the Carino and all that, and dealing like with what they had for the year 2020. Horns up, horns down, horns in the middle. Uh, I would say horns up because I do believe that a lot of the stuff that they did do would have gotten a huge, huge reactions had there have actually been legit fans there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like if they would have done that Sasha Bailey feud with people, holy shit. Yeah. Mm. Even Ken, Kenny's heel turn, Brody Lee's uh, debut, Matt Hardy's mm-hmm. debut in AEW. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, all that would have gotten massive reactions drew mcintyre winning the title at wrestlemania oh yeah like that's fantastic yeah well at least you got to win the royal rumble in front of like 40 or was it forty thousand people yeah that state baseball stadium yeah (laughs) that's right right yeah how forward to the royal rumble are you guys without the fan countdown oh i think they should do is you know how nxt has maybe 50 people yeah there just do that yeah, make, make sure you get everyone to do the countdown. Yeah, do like well since they're in a bigger arena, have like a hundred people around the ring, like in those yeah. little 
pod things and then just have the Thunderdome set behind it like NXT does, and it'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Fair enough, fair like, enough, yeah. Like, groups of people in little pods have them all, like, like yeah, like five or six people per group, all, like, six feet apart mm-hmm. and all, all wearing masks, and then they can, yeah, <laughs> Do the do the do the countdown in real time. Not have to rely on with like actually no one there is going to be fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be going to be surreal. That's for sure. That's surprise yeah. returns to fake crowd noise. Yeah, like the one. Yeah, and that's like the one gimmick match that really relies on crowd participation, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and yeah. In maybe the elimination chamber to a certain extent, but yeah, more so the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, yeah, and that's always the the Royal Rumble is the the WWFE event that I always look forward to the most and the one that I enjoy the most. And it's I think this is going to be the first one without that wasn't booked by Pat Patterson as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that just kind of hit me now. So it's definitely going to be interesting for myself. I'm going to say horns in the middle because I didn't. I didn't get a lot of NWA. I didn't get a lot of Ring of Honor. I didn't get a lot of MLW in the middle, but leaning up, shall we say? Okay. Okay. I'll give it. I'll give this year maybe a seventy percent grade. So horns okay. are like a five degree angle pointing upwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of <laughs> instead of shoulder length horns, they're kind of they're kind of up a little, <laughs> just enough for the band to see that I'm giving, you're, you're, the giving horn. Your, you're giving your elbow a scratch. There we go. <laughs> there point, we go. Pointing to the corner of the ceiling. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Look at that fucking spider. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Before, though, we do get on out of here, take this crazy train into the station, I want to say hello and horns up to our good buddy, Mr. Phil Rea, here on the Shining Wizards Network. He's the host of the Turnbuckle Throwbacks podcast. Been a good show. It's been an amazing show for years now. I've, I've been loving it. Phil is a great guy. Um, he's from the, um, New York hardcore scene as well. And he's been a good friend of radioactive metal for years now. He is a first responder in New York. He was a first responder at 9-11. This man is a hero to the world and a, uh, and a hero here you know, to with in Snowy Manor at Wrestling Night in Canada and Radioactive Metal and all that. And I'm just saying hello and horns up to him because he was just um, immunized through okay. for having to be jobby. I was just immunized for the Carino. So um, good on him. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And he's definitely a dude that we need to have him on this show just to just to shoot the shit about pro wrestling. And then yeah, we'll have what? our own little impact. Uh, aid. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There, there, there we go. There we go. So once again, Mr. Ray, thank you for all that you do. You are a hero to everyone. How um, can people get a hold of us? People can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling night in Canada or on Instagram at wrestling night in Canada. 
And, of course, we are proud members of the aforementioned Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. That's probably where you are checking us out, but we are available on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, chances are we can be found there. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Actually, this has been the bizarre year of 2020. <laughs> I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. And I'm Dustin Maruka. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>